You are listening to the Grace Covenant Cornelius Podcast. Good morning. How many of you have seen The Matrix? All right, we got many hands going up. We're going to get back to that in just a minute. This, this morning is an exciting morning. Um, if you typically attend the 11 o'clock service, then you don't know this, but last time I spoke, which was just a, a few months ago, I guess, uh, during the 9.15 service, I actually set a Grace Covenant record for the shortest service. You guys didn't get to benefit from that, and so I thought this morning with you guys, we're going to set another record. Are you down with that? Yeah. For the longest service. <laughs> I mean, you're like, I just remembered. I've got to. So if you've seen The Matrix, then you know the, about the movie and the fact that the human beings were plugged into what's called The Matrix. And The Matrix was a computer-generated world or realm and so the it's a sci-fi action flick so the human beings were actually in these pods from birth and they stayed plugged in but while they were in the matrix they thought that they were living in reality but what was crazy about it was that they were they were able to do these awesome things if if you guys remember some of the moves i mean they were able to manipulate time and and do all these sort of things and i don't know about you but how many of y'all remember rocky four I mean, if y'all went to the theater and you saw, I'm really telling my age here, but if you went to the theater and you saw Rocky IV, then I guarantee you were one like me that as soon as you left the theater, you had to punch somebody. Anybody else? Like the, the theme songs in your head and everybody walks out and it's just like, man, I gotta, I gotta punch somebody. I gotta. So I was the same way with the, the Matrix. After watching the Matrix, I, I wanted to do all these moves. Uh, another one, this is a, telling a story on my son. When he was about five years old, we were at Bible college and living on campus in the apartments, and I took him to see Spider-Man, the one with Tobey Maguire. And if you remember the movie, there's a scene where uh, Spider-Man's hanging upside down. I think it's like in an alley, and they have this little this, this kiss. They kiss. Now, my son's five years old, and we're in a theater that's packed full of people. And in that moment, it's kind of quiet. And my son, being five years old, he says... Ooh, Daddy, you didn't tell me this was a kissing movie. <laughs> well, after we got back to the apartment complex, my son, after seeing Spider-Man, decided that he was going to be Spider-Man. And I had a neighbor knock on our door and said, hey, you need to get your son. I was like, okay, what's going on? Uh, well, he's on top of cars. I'm like, well, what do you mean he's on top of cars? You know, I kind of pictured him in the back of a pickup truck or on a bumper. No, my son was climbing on top on the roof of vehicles in the parking lot, you know, doing these Spider-Man moves. <laughs> See, the thing about the Matrix, when they were plugged into the Matrix, they would do things that, that seemed very impossible to us. But as Christ followers, we've got to know that not only do we have a natural realm around us, but we also experience the supernatural, a spiritual realm that's very real that we'll talk about this morning. The book of Ephesians, I think, is such a, a great segue into the next series talking about who Jesus is because the book of Ephesians was a letter written to the church in Ephesus teaching them how to live like Jesus in the world around them. So important this time of year, right? Because we're going to hear songs being sung in in our communities, around our neighborhoods, in the marketplace. They'll be playing the the songs on the radio and, and they'll mention the name of Jesus, but there's so many people in our community that are speaking the name of Jesus, singing the name of Jesus, but they don't know Jesus. So the book of Ephesians being written to us, the church, more specifically the church in Ephesus, Paul was teaching them how to live like Jesus in the world around them. 
So for us this morning, as we close out this series on Ephesians, now we're in Ephesians chapter 6 this morning, really what we need to leave this place understanding is that we, we are called, we're supposed to be Jesus to the world around us. So if you're familiar with the Matrix and you know that Thomas Anderson could do things in the Matrix, a computer-generated reality that were impossible in the real world. And I'm here to tell you that because of our relationship with Jesus and who Jesus is in our life, we have been given access to the supernatural reality that is beyond what we see and what we understand. See, in the Bible, we read these amazing stories about a leader who parts the sea Brings water from a rock. You remember that story? How about the story of a young shepherd boy who slays a giant? How about the one about a man who gets swallowed by a large fish and lives to tell a story? Like that's real. That really happened. Or a prophet who called down fire from heaven. How about the story of a disciple who walked on water? And one of my favorite stories about a small group of believers in the book of Acts that left the upper room and changed the world. See, these type of things, though, they seem quite impossible to us. And and maybe we've never experienced these type of things because we're Christ followers, because we have the very spirit of God in us. We're capable of, of moving beyond the natural into a supernatural and seeing things like this in our own lives. As we walk out our life in Christ, we must be aware that we have an adversary that wants to distract us, deceive us, and destroy us. From the beginning of creation, Satan has done everything he can to separate us from God. We see in the very beginning of the Bible the story of Adam and Eve and the creation of the world around us. and We see that God would come and walk with Adam and Eve in the in the evening and he would talk with them and have these conversations with them. And Listen, that's... That's God's desire. And it hasn't changed. Even though we, man, his creation messed up, his desires towards us have not changed. But we have an enemy that we can't see. That his sole intent is to distract us from who God is and separate us from God. But he only has one tool, really, and that's deception. You see, Satan's not all-knowing. He's not all powerful. He's smart. He's strong. The enemy is cunning, but he fights from a place of desperation and defeat. Jesus has already won the battle, and God has fully equipped us to walk in and experience the victory. Christ followers are daily engaged in spiritual conflict, but we must know we fight from victory and not for victory. Let me say that again. We fight from victory and not for victory. I heard somebody whispered amen. Are you guys like the the other two services? Did you guys eat like turkey biscuits this morning? Now everybody's kind of sleepy and still maybe you're still trying to work off what you ate over the past few days. We fight from victory and not for victory. If you're competitive like me, I'm I'm extremely competitive. In fact, I'm so competitive, my family... See, my wife's here during this service, so I have to tell the truth. I I don't have to tell the truth the other two services. I'm kidding. Somebody's like... 
So if you're like me, I'm competitive. In fact, I'm so competitive that I never get the email sent out about family game nights. I don't, I don't have to win, but I hate to lose. Anybody else there with me? All right, we've got a few more that are being honest. Yeah, I, just, I don't like to lose. I think back in my competitive days of uh, playing baseball in, in high school and you know, starting in Little League, and I don't know what the feeling would have been like if I'd have stepped on the field knowing, not from a place of arrogance, but knowing that like, our team already won. But see, with Christ, this is what it's like. We, we fight from victory and not for victory. And even though there's a battle waging every day constantly against us, victory is already ours. It's already ours. So when we think about the matrix and the things that was happening in the, in, in the matrix, these impossible tasks, we are fully equipped to accomplish. Some of you probably have a matrix story. I have a matrix, matrix story, and, and my wife is here, so she can tell you that this really happened, even though it seems far-fetched. So we were, uh, we were living in Virginia, and we were renting an old house, and in this old house, every, everything was wood floors, and I, at one time, I guess I had a, a furnace or a boiler or something in, in the basement, because in the, in the hallway right outside our bedroom was this big grate that I guess the heat was supposed to come up through. I don't really understand that, that heating system. You know, I'm like, hey, Siri, make it 74 degrees or what? Right by that grate was a, a door that went down into the basement. So this is right outside my bedroom. There was a door that went down into the basement. It was kind of an unfinished, finished thing. It was just for storage. But that door didn't have a lock on it. it. didn't have a lock on it. The windows in the basement and the door in the basement, I, I thought, had locks on them. So we just ne- I never really thought about why this door doesn't have a lock on it. But one night in the middle of the night, I heard this banging, right? And I wake up. You guys have been there. You wake up and you start trying to figure out what it is and where it's coming from. And so I wake up hearing this banging. And as I listened, I, I, I thought it was coming from the basement. So I get up out of my bed and you know, walk around, get into the hallway. And I'm standing there listening again. And sure enough, it's coming from the basement. So I just walk over to that door. And when I open the door, I certainly hear that it's coming from down there. So I got my wife and said, hey, you need to go down and check what's going on. <laughs> Somebody's trying to break in. <laughs> no, you, you, have, you know how you are. Like, I got my gun! Screaming down the basement. So I slowly started to go down the basement so I could see. And I saw that there was a window that was kind of propped open. When I don't think it was propped open before. So all these things start going through your mind, right? And so anyways, I go over and I, it didn't have a lock on it. So I just put some things in front of it. And then I come back up into the house and remember this door doesn't have a lock on it. So I'm thinking, man, somebody's trying to break into my house and I can't lock this door. And so I was just looking for something to prop up against it. And we had a baby gate. We have kids in the house. We still have kids in the house, even though that was years ago. We put, I put this baby gate in front of this door thinking, well, if somebody opens that door, the baby gate's going to fall on the wood floor and make this loud noise. And certainly it's going to wake me up. So I thought I was pretty smart. I, I do that. I get back in bed and I don't know. I, Minutes go by, but I felt like I had just fallen back to sleep when I hear that baby gate fall. Wham! Now, what's going through your mind right now? The same thing that was going through my mind. Somebody is coming into my house. So I did a matrix type of move. I'm laying on my back, and in between me is my wife's on this side of the bed, and then there's like five feet of flooring until you get to our doorway in the hallway. And I promise you, I... From my back, I rose up out of the bed and flew across her, never put my feet on the floor, and I landed in the hallway like, God, I don't know what I was going to do. <laughs> but I had to pull out some of my son's moves with Spider, Spider-Man. 
But I fly out, I'm landed, and it was just my cat. It was just, that's, yeah, now the story's like, ah, oh, man, that was horrible. Y'all were, y'all were waiting for a, a great co- uh, climax, and it was just my cat. Anybody have cats that kind of bother you in the night? No. <laughs> I, don't know how I, I don't know how I did that physically, besides fear. <laughs> but this is the thing with us Christ followers. As we're living out the life that God has called us to live, we are empowered to do these, these crazy things. Like, I don't know what's going through Peter's mind when he decides to step out on water. As if he had done it before. As if he knew that he could do it. See, when I read these stories, I'm thinking, man, these people were thinking at a different level than, than what I think. These people were thinking from victory. I want my life to think and operate from victory. Satan has been defeated through the cross. Luke 10.19 tells us that we have been given authority over all the power of the enemy. Everybody say, all. All. And this should be crazy encouraging to us. It says that we've been given authority over all the power of the enemy. What this is telling us is the enemy can do nothing to us. He can do nothing to us. We've, We've been given the authority over all the power of the enemy. Just a few days ago, I attended my son's graduation as he walked across the field as a U.S. Army infantryman in Fort Benning, Georgia. The training he endured is a snapshot of what we can face in life as Christ followers. As he's been going through boot camp and sending home letters about what he was experiencing and some of the hardships. And one, I thought to myself, there's no possible way that I could do that. One, because I just don't like people screaming in my face. Anybody else but me? Like I'm thinking, in fact, there's, there's been times as my kids are gathered and we're all talking. I'm like, yeah, I could have done it. I could have done it. And they're like, no, you couldn't, Dad. You can't even play Monopoly. <laughs> but as soon as somebody starts screaming in my face, man, I just, I don't know what I would do. But the, the letters that he sends home and the stuff that he's endured, I thought, you know what? It, it's funny how in our lives as Christ followers, spiritually, we experience some very similar things. So I just I wrote a few things down. First, the enemy is relentless in his conquest. He whispers in your ear that you are a failure each time you encounter an obstacle. If there's any men or women here that have gone through boot camp, you know some of this is what happens there. I mean, their intent is to break you down. How about knowing this about the enemy? He's always in your face. He's shouting words to cause fear and discouragement. He draws your attention to your weaknesses and pain. He pushes, pulls, and drags you to get off course. The enemy throws hardships, tests, and challenges your way. But even knowing all of that, going back to we walk from a place of victory, where victory's already been won, so it doesn't matter if the enemy is doing all these things. We have to understand that victory is already ours and that God has fully equipped us for each battle that we might face. 
Another thing that happened at the ceremony, I mean, I could, I could go on and on about the ceremony because the emotions that were flowing through me, not just as a father, but as an American, the emotions that were flowing through me were just crazy. I mean, there were times where the, the stands would erupt. I mean, there are aluminum stands, much like the bleachers you would find at a complex. And there were so many times where the, the crowd would just begin to stomp their feet and clap and cheer. And man, just... But right at the beginning of the ceremony, one of the first things that happened was... From across the field, they had these little smoke canisters that went off. And from across the field, a few teams of the infantrymen came walking across the field. And they made their place standing right before us. And a person on the microphone began to describe the equipment that they had. Starting from their helmets and their night vision, their eye protection, their chest plates, their bulletproof vests, their gloves, their knee pads, their boots... Their weapon. And I began to think about the fact that my son, especially because I was preparing for this morning and the message, I I was thinking about the fact that my son, along with all these other soldiers, had just gone through this training that was extremely difficult. But they had made it through. Here they are on graduation day. So they were trained. And then as I look at these soldiers that were standing before me fully equipped, I thought, you know what? This is it. God has fully equipped us. To face any battle that we might face. The reality is this. We will face battles. I wish I could say, man, when you become a Christ follower, no more conflict. I think that's the farthest from the truth. Why? Because the enemy, he's still there. And he's trying to distract us from who God is. The army equips each soldier with the gear they need for battle. The gear needed to advance on and overcome the enemy. Man, I, I think about what God has called us to do as Christ followers. And I'm glad you're, I'm glad you're here this morning, but what he, has, he hasn't called us to do is just fill seats on Sunday morning, right? He's called us and equipped us to advance on the enemy. I'm going to pray in just a few moments about retaking ground. Ephesians chapter 6 tells us that God has also equipped us with what we need to walk in victory. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to Ephesians chapter 6. I'm going to read verses 10 through 18. Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Verse 14, stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Verse 18, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So we're not going to take the time to go over the the different parts of the body 
armor that God has equipped us with, the armor of God. But you can certainly see through that that God has equipped us to go into battle. The difference with, with our battle is we already know the outcome. I love the fact that, that God gave us the Bible and it's an entire book and it's an entire story. It's, it's not the Old Testament, the New Testament. It starts from the beginning and it's this letter that God has written to us all the way through to the end. But guess what? I know the end of the story. I love the fact that I know the end of the story. Because it encourages my spirit. We know the end of the story and it's, a, it's, a, it's an outcome of victory. But as soon as Jesus died on the cross for us, we step into victory. See, we battle from victory and not for victory. So to walk in victory, we need to know these three things. To walk in victory, we need to know our strength. We need to know our strength. We are engaged in spiritual warfare that requires spiritual resources and spiritual strength. We are no match for Satan. If I stopped there, it'd be kind of like, what? Yeah, I'm going home discouraged. We are no match for Satan, but listen to this. He is no match for God. He is no match for God. Yes, that is a great time to clap and get excited. He's no match for God. 1 John 4, 4 says that the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. I had a best friend growing up, and uh, he was quite taller than I am, still is. <laughs> he's, a, he's a pastor on the other side of Concord. So Scott was, uh, we loved to play basketball. He didn't li- live too far. You know, back when, when I grew up, I mean, you could ride your bike for miles to get to a friend's house and not have to worry about it. But we would, we would meet each other at, at a park that was kind of in between us. And I wasn't real good at basketball. I was a great defensive player. I liked to dribble. I, wa- I wasn't a great uh, shooter. But I love to play. I love to play any type of sport. Now, Scott was a really good, he was a really good basketball player. And there were times we would come to this, this park and guys would be playing basketball. And I'm talking to these big dudes. And they're like jamming. Wah! I mean, they're just they're slamming every, every chance they get. And uh, every time we would get to this park, and I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. We would step onto the court. And I'm just like, hey, you know, let's go play on the eight-foot rim. Oh, regulations 10. Let's go play over there. The Nerf basketball. But my friend Scott, like as soon as, we, as soon as we would step out on the court, my friend Scott, he'd be like, hey, hey, we got next. We got next. And I'm like, shut up, man. But this was the thing I knew about Scott. I could play, I could play with Scott. Because he was, a great, he was a great shooter. He was a great basketball player. I could dribble around and I'd get in the ball and he would shoot. And, and here, here we are in this spiritual walk, in this spiritual battle. We have Jesus... And sometimes we're afraid to step into a battle, to step into a contest. Sometimes we cower in our rooms and cower in our homes. I don't know what causes this fear just to pray for somebody at Walmart. We've got to understand as Christ followers, we walk, we battle from victory and not for victory. Here's another thing about our strength and what God's called us to do. There is no coasting. There's no coasting. We need to tenaciously pursue Christ so that his strength is manifested in our lives. Spiritually speaking, the best defense is a good offense. There's no coasting. In fact, my belief is this. If I'm standing still, then I'm getting farther away from Jesus. 
Because Jesus is always advancing. Why? Because his heart is that more and more people would come to know his Father. So to walk in victory, we have to know our strength. The second thing that we have to know to walk in victory is our struggle. We must know the enemy we face is waging this warfare to recognize the threat and know his schemes. We've got to know the enemy. You know, as I mentioned before, he's not all powerful. I don't think the enemy is somebody we should fear. Why? Because we walk from victory. He's smart. In fact, he knows you. And I'm not saying the devil. How many of you know that there's only one devil? One devil. How many billions of people are in the earth right now? Is it almost seven billion? Is it still somewhere around there? Only one devil? Yet how many people have you ever heard? Man, the devil's just on my back. Just on my back. But this is, this is what I do know about the devil is he has a lot of cohorts and they've been following you around your whole life and they know a lot about you. They know a lot about me, the ones that follow me. See, we have to understand their schemes so we can understand our struggle. But here's just a few facts about Satan. Satan is a created being who rebelled against God and was cast down from heaven and cast into hell. That doesn't sound like a, an all-powerful being to me. Listen to this. Satan is a defeated enemy. Right? Again, we walk from victory. Yes. Somebody's got victory over there. He's a defeated enemy. I like those enemies. Already defeated. And then this. Satan is a deceiver that works through lies. In fact, it's really the only power and control he has over us is just lying and deceiving. To walk in victory, the last thing we need to, to know is our strategy. A Christ follower has no strategy for battle, becomes easy prey for the adversary. We must proactively walk out our faith. We learned earlier in Ephesians that God wants us to live out a life worthy of our calling. To live out a life worthy of our calling. I learned recently from the wise troll, Pabby, in the documentary Frozen 2. <laughs> or because it's Roman numerals, my kids say Frozen 11. <laughs> he said this, Pabby did. What a wise little troll. When the future can't be seen, one must only do the next right thing. When the future can't be seen, one must only do the next right thing. I think it's sad that as, as Christians, when we can't see the future, and many times we can't, and I think God designs it that way, we just kind of wait. I wonder, if God, I wonder if God gets a little weary of us waiting for him to do something. He's actually empowered us to do something. So instead of waiting, just do the next right thing. We can't sit around waiting for God to speak to us through an angel, through a burning bush or a thunderstorm. We must live as Jesus in the world around us simply by doing the next right thing. Listen, here we are again approaching this season where Jesus, the name of Jesus is going to be mentioned, is going to be talked about. And I wonder why we as Christ followers pray for what the, the next right thing is when God has given us so many things that we can be doing in Scripture. But we make things so spiritual about, I'll pray about it, or 
And as soon as God gives me that sign, when the people right around us are hurting, they're lost, they're looking for hope. And we are that. It's not that we, we have that. We, we are that. Because we are Jesus in the world around us. And God has fully equipped us. For me, it's just kind of a matter of, of making that decision, decision moment by moment of being Jesus in the world around us. Just doing that next right thing. Just as a Roman soldier would dress for battle, so we need to daily dress ourselves in the full armor of God to walk in victory. I want to reiterate this point. You've heard me say it a few times. As Christ followers, we are daily engaged in spiritual conflict. But we must know we fight from victory and not for victory. I'm going to read a few more verses and then we're going to have a time where we can respond to what God's speaking to us. Romans 8, 37 through 39 says, Know in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, neither the present or the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, neither anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Yes. That's when I probably would have started standing up. I'm like, Let me read one more passage. Second Kings. This is going to be my prayer for us this morning. Second Kings, chapter 6, verses 15 through 17. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Let's close our eyes. I know this, this time of year, this, this season, these holidays can be extremely difficult on people. We have statistics of depression rising and more suicides happening this time of year. It's the real thing. I know for all of us in this room, there's different battles that we face. Some of those battles for you might seem like, man, you just, there's no winning. But you've got to know this morning that you fight from victory and not for victory. Victory is already yours in Jesus. It's already yours. I also know this, that, you know, just, just over time, sometimes we start to give the enemy ground in areas of our lives. Some of you would probably admit this morning that you used to spend a lot more time with Jesus than you do now. Some of you might would admit that when paying bills, you used to actually believe that God is your provider. Some of us might struggle for, with praying for loved ones and friends that are sick because in our minds, the enemy draws our attention to the ones that weren't healed 
as we thought they should be. See, each time these battles happen, it's very easy to give the enemy ground. And I just want us to take that ground back. Take it back in your family. Take it back in your finances. Take it back at work. Take the ground back because the victory is already ours. And so my prayer is just what Elisha prayed, that our eyes would be open this morning to see what God has established for us, to see how God has equipped us, to see how the Holy Spirit has empowered us. prayer team can come come on up. I'm going to close this in prayer. And as soon as I close this, if you want to make your way up and and pray with one of our prayer team members, they would love to pray with you. But let's just close this morning out in prayer. God, I thank you so much for just how much you love us. God, I thank you that, that you love us so much that you've equipped us for every battle that's to come. God, we don't have to approach each battle in desperation or fear. We don't have to approach each battle and beg you for the weapons. God, we we walk in, we walk from a place of victory that's already ours. God, I pray for each one of us in here that's given the the enemy ground over time. And maybe, maybe just this morning, even as I'm mentioning, some things are coming to our minds, God. Thank you for your Holy Spirit speaking to us. God, I pray right now that you would open our eyes. Open our eyes to see that the battle has already been won. That we know the end of the story. information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more. Visit us at gracecovenant.org.